Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. A busy gap between our two shows, but we had a lot of baseball writing with the crazy Cubs season we're going through, so we kind of neglected a little bit our uh, duties here, but we have a lot to talk about, so I'll uh, start with you, Michael, for a little recap of the last game of the Oilers series. Yeah, uh, obviously uh, the uh, the end result was good. Uh, Hawks were able to advance. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it, at this point, it feels like it was about a month ago, but uh, it obviously was just... Uh, you know, the other week and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a, an exciting game in that, uh, you know, the Blackhawks got out to an early lead and, uh, Edmonton managed to tie it up in the second period. You you know, you, you kind of feel like anytime the Blackhawks get out to an early lead, they're going to have a, a a hard time, uh, keeping hold of it. Uh, you know, especially Mm -hmm. with a team, with as much offensive firepower as the Oilers have. And Nugent Hopkins scored on an assist from Connor McDavid. And, you know, that was a, a, a good combination for them in this series. But, you know, then in the third, uh, I was kind of expecting, I, I, I had this feeling that I was like, oh, you know, kind of feels like the Blackhawks are going to need Patrick Kane to do something. But it was actually Jonathan Taves who did, made a nice play and set up Dominic Kubelik for, uh, for the game-winning and series-clinching goal. Uh, it was about midway through the third period, and mm-hmm. Blackhawks, you know, came up big. Uh, Corey Crawford was pretty good in the game. Uh, he was he was having a little bit of trouble with rebound control, but the Oilers were really pressing and putting a lot of shots on net. Yeah. And uh, the Blackhawks shut out the Oilers on the power play. They were 0 for 5 in that game. So, yeah, uh, you know, obviously big series win for them, and... I don't know, did you have anything you wanted to add to, to kind of wrap up the Oilers series? Well, yeah, it was just, like you, you had said earlier, it was a good matchup for the Blackhawks, especially 5-on-5. Five five. But yeah, the story was the uh, power play, and they shut it down in the final mm-hmm. game. Shut it down, you win. That's right. So, yeah. And um, probably Crawford's best game was game four. He was rounding a little bit into shape, but kind of... Regressed a little bit when we got to the Vegas series. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll get to that. The next opponent was the number one seed, Vegas Golden Knights. And the first game didn't go great, but I'll let you... Sure, yeah. Uh, You know, the, the Hawks... Started off, I'd say the first ten minutes of the game, I, I they were mm-hmm. they were playing them pretty even. Uh, Blackhawks might even have had a couple of more chances than Vegas. Kind of felt like both teams mm-hmm. were feeling out the others. Um, and you know, really, Chicago, they kind of went into a shell defensively. They they yes they were being very conservative in their approach, and they were doing a pretty good job of limiting Vegas, keeping them to the outside. But what it really meant was that Vegas basically had the puck the whole time, and the Blackhawks weren't really able yes. to counterattack very well. And eventually, uh, the Blackhawks just kind of wore down, and 
when Vegas just started penetrating a little bit more. And then in the third period when they were behind 2-1 to one, uh, and the Blackhawks did have to kind of press the attack a little bit, uh, Vegas really took advantage and uh, they, they found some wide-open guys. And, yeah, uh, Hawks, this was definitely not a great game for Crawford. It was gr- not a great game for the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what you, you're going to kind of expect when you're going up against uh, the, uh, a really solid, deep team like, like Vegas. They got yes. speed. They got size. They got um, uh, good goal t- or two good goaltenders, although Fleury's been kind of mm-hmm. hot and cold. But, um, yeah, they've, got, they've really got everything that you need. Um, this is, and I mean, they also are very, very hard on the yes. Blackhawks. Yeah, historically, yeah, Hawks have never had good, the two years good played, experience yeah. against these guys. Um, no, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is as good, if not maybe slightly, a slightly better version of the Vegas team that went to the uh, Cup mm-hmm. Finals uh, a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, this is not a great matchup for the Blackhawks, where you know where we talked about. Yeah, they've got a very. Uh, we went from having maybe the best matchup for the Hawks to having maybe the worst. To the worst, yes. Because yeah, it's a a lot like the Blues or the Kings teams at one. Yes, they're very big, fast, and they they they're deep, so it's not a very good for a Blackhawks team that's still. Pretty top heavy. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, we're really seeing the the lack of depth uh, come into play with Chicago. Um, they they just don't have the defensive pairings that can match up against uh, the top Vegas opponents. I'm, I'm sorry, the, the top Vegas lines, and mm-hmm. then the, the the bottom half of the the Blackhawks uh, forward roster is. A, a clearly a uh, a class below um, what Vegas can roll mm-hmm. out. Uh, the Blackhawks are getting outskated. They're being uh, beat physically, and they're being beat structurally. And, and you know, but at the same time, uh, other than the first game, the Hawks they, they hung in them. there. And part of that is, I, I do get the feeling that Vegas is playing kind of similarly to uh, the mm-hmm. Hawks used to when they were in their prime. Not giving their full. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pacing themselves a little bit. I think they're exerting yes. just enough where they're, they're, they, know, they know they'll be able to win, but I think they feel like they have a long run in them. Well, I mean, look at um, Game 3. They actually rested yeah, Leonard. Exactly, exactly. So. Um and you know, still managed to come out on top. Um, and but at the same time, I do feel like Game Three was actually the Blackhawks' best effort mm-hmm. in the series. Um, yes, I felt like they. It was it was a pretty even matchup. Uh, the the Hawks were definitely mm-hmm. um, uh, beneficiaries of a little bit more power play time, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, so. the the shots on goal were, were fairly similar. Uh, they were doing okay in the faceoff circle. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't really anything that was a big, um, you know, advantage well, for Vegas in that game. But you know, they still ended up coming you out. Should mention um, 
we should mention game two, where the Blackhawks actually, despite getting mostly outplayed, had a chance to win in overtime. Yeah, and, you know, we're still seeing, you know, there's still several players on the Hawks where they can still score on anybody. They don't need a lot of shots. They don't need a lot of space. You know, they can still capitalize on limited numbers of opportunities, but at some point there's a tipping, you know, there's a tipping point Mm -hmm. in that equation where, you know, if if the Blackhawks can kind of keep it where, you know, they can get 25 shots to Vegas' 35 shots, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they can stay in the games, but... uh, but the last. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that the last game where Vegas really, yeah, they got dominated dominated. the Blackhawks, just absolutely yes. dominated them. It was basically two to one in ter- in terms of possession and shot attempts. Mm-hmm. But Corey Crawford had one of the better games he's had in, uh, I mean, a long time. He was just great. He stole the game for the Blackhawks. And, you know, we got a crazy bounce from on a Matthew Highmore goal where he shot it from below the uh, goal yeah, line the head. Of Robert and Leonard's head and into the net. And um, I was going to ask you, do you think he was trying to to just do like, do you think it was just a normal save? Or is he trying to be like I think like he was trying to direct boating? it into the corner. I think he, I think uh-huh. Leonard did realize that he had kind of drifted from the post a little bit. And that there was some room okay. up there, and I think he was trying to close it off and keep that puck, because um, I think Highmore was shooting for his shoulder, not for his head. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think Highmore was deliberately trying to bank it in off of him. It was just it ended up oh, going okay. a little bit higher, um, and you know, it was, you know yeah. I don't think any um, forward aims for a goaltender's head, especially in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it was a deliberate play by Highmore just kind of unfortunate for the well fortunate for the Blackhawks unfortunate for Leonard yes. the way that it kind of played out but yeah it's uh it, it's crazy that when you can win a game like that um honestly I I guess it oh go ahead I guess it evens out for like yeah. game three yeah I really feel like the, the Blackhawks Black probably, probably could have won game three fairly uh I, I, I if the Blackhawks would have won game three I don't think anybody would have said oh you know they they didn't deserve to win that or anything mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at Game Four, it, definitely a game they didn't deserve to win, and really. Well, how about if um, how about if the um, post? Yeah. Crossbar. Exactly. That, that overtime uh, game. Yep. That Dylan yep. Strome. Yeah. They, would that have been a justified win? You um, think? Or would that? I, have been? I definitely think it was a game that Vegas should have won, but it wouldn't have been ridiculous. Again, that that was kind of one of those games where it was like, you know kind of what I was talking about before, where Vegas definitely carried the pl- more of the play, um, but it would have been more like, oh, Vegas gets 35 shots and the Blackhawks mm-hmm. get 25 shots, and sometimes, you know, guys like Patrick Kane and Dylan Strom and, you know, those kind of guys that are really skilled offensively can capitalize on on the limited opportunities, and I, I think that could have yep. been a, a, you know, a case where that kind of happens. Because, that you know, that happened in the Oilers series, too. They were games where... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I talked about how I felt like the Blackhawks were a better five-on-five team than the Oilers, but really there were a couple of games where the Oilers actually did outplay the Blackhawks five-on-five. And in one of them, the Blackhawks still managed to win it. Um, But, yeah, it's, uh, 
you know, it's been a really rough series despite, um, you know, the the recent high note with the the, the victory here to, to kind of keep the series alive. But really, uh, outside of Olimata, I don't think any of the defensemen are playing particularly well um, as far as... So I was going to ask about Olimata. Um, you still got to go, right? Despite I, this good player. Does he earn another... Well, I, I, I think... I think what might be happening is Olimata might be salvaging some trade value. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, if he continues to play this way and, and, and other teams see what he's doing, um, I think you know there's definitely a possibility that he could be traded in the offseason as opposed to just the Blackhawks having to buy him out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically... You know, just because he's playing the best out of the group doesn't mean that he's a long-term answer. I mean, he's young enough, but he's still a fairly limited player, especially for his salary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, at best, he's going to play like a number four defenseman, but really, you know, he's probably a number five or a number six. But that's basically yeah. what all of the Blackhawks defensemen are at this point. I mean, we're basically rolling out three third pairings, and nobody is kind of playing well enough where I would consider them good matchups against a top mm-hmm. opponents. And that's a real problem. So, um, you know, as far as who goes, who stays, I mean, you know, obviously the priority would be to keep the, the younger guys. And then Keith is obviously mm-hmm. not going anywhere given his contract. Um, no. So, you know, whether it's Mata or Murphy or DeHaan, um, it just kind of comes down to, who's the guy that the Blackhawks can move to free up some salary. Mata gives them the most options with, uh, you know, his mm-hmm. youth and the way he's playing. Yeah, you, you figure he'd be the easier, easiest one to trade maybe. Um, although Connor Murphy being right-handed and with the, even a slightly lower salary, I think they could probably trade either one of those guys at this point as opposed yeah. to buying out Mata. But it's... Uh, it's it's definitely an issue. The Blackhawks really aren't going to be able to compete against teams like Vegas until some of their young defensemen actually develop into top four guys. Um, I mean, we yeah. we've, we've talked about this. I mean, Adam Boquist is getting top pairing minutes at times. Uh, well, at least he did during the regular season. He's clearly getting benched quite often in this series. Um, mm-hmm. But until he steps up his game, until Ian Mitchell steps up his game. And, well, he, you know, gets an opportunity to even step up his game, mm-hmm. and until they find at least one left-handed defenseman to complement those guys, the Blackhawks are going nowhere. I mean, this is this is the, yeah. the kind of their ceiling right now is sneak into the bottom of the playoffs and get blown away by a top seed, and until you know until those guys develop, that's 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 where we're at. Yeah. Um, you know, we can. Comp- we can complain about the lack of the forward depth at this point, but uh, it yeah, it, it's it's not it, going to change. You know, even if they were able to roll four lines, the the defense the, the defensive it's uh, still yeah, uh, it's yeah, still a problem. Absolutely. You know, it, it it limits their possession, it limits their breakout ability. I mean, the forwards can only do so much in that regard. But you know, mm-hmm. at the same time, the 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 forwards aren't playing great either. I mean, Patrick Kane is still getting points, yes. but. Uh, you know he hasn't really controlled games the way you like to see. Uh, Jonathan Taves yeah, and has then been like, terrible in this series after he had a really good yeah. Edmonton series. Um, so I don't know if he's playing hurt or something, but he's 
He might be. He's he's looked like a completely different player. Or better, better, like matchup. Yeah, the, I don't like, I don't know what it is, but um, it, that's been a little disappointing. And and Brandon Saad's gone right mm-hmm. along with them. That 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 line has just been getting their teeth their their teeth yeah. kicked in. Um, and the best um, player for the Blackhawks forwards probably has been Debrinket, yeah. and <laughs> and he's, he's just, just snake bit. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, I didn't think he was great in game ones and two. I mean, he was okay. He was he, no. he was still one of their better forwards, no, no. but he wasn't particularly great. But I would say in games three and four, he's been very dangerous. Um, he's getting great opportunities. Uh, I think he's he's definitely played with more energy. He's playing with more confidence despite the fact that he's snake bitten. But, yeah, he's one of the few guys that wants the puck, that's pursuing the puck, and that's – you know, getting open for his teammates. Um, and, and then um, I was going to add um, Kirby Doc, yes. who I'm worried he might be a little a little banged yep. up, but Still he's been, he, yeah, he's just got to learn to be more yeah, aggressive. Yeah. Take his I, I definitely think, you know, he's still been one of the five best forwards on the Blackhawks. And he's yeah. getting, you know, he, he's essentially been their, their their top center in this game. He's getting more ice time than Taves. He's playing in all three situations. And he, he had a couple of rough shifts here and there. And like you said, I think he is probably mm-hmm. a little banged up at this point. He has taken a couple of big hits between the Edmonton series and the Vegas series. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely not been an issue for the Blackhawks. Really, the only thing that's still a big limiting factor with Kirby Doc is he can't win a face-off. And, you know, okay. the, you've seen in the last couple of games, Drake Kajula has actually been taking a lot of the face-offs on that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's really, you know, one of the big things he's got to solve before, you know, he can really be considered a, a number one center. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got Debrinkit. You got Doc that's competing. Uh, I, I've been, I have actually been happy with the way Dylan Strom has responded in this series. I thought mm-hmm. he was terrible in the Edmonton series, um, and I can't really remember. But I, I, I it's game one, it seemed like he was still eh, not really playing great. Yeah, he was a little bit. I, I'd say at least in the last two games, and maybe the last three games, I, mm-hmm. you know, he's still very limited with his speed. It's not a great matchup for some of these teams but but he, he has been, been noticeable. noticeable he's been dangerous with the puck on his stick um he mm-hmm. you know when, when he's playing off the puck you know he's still he's still gonna have some problems but when he when he has the puck uh, he's definitely been one of the few playmakers on the Hawks so that's been a nice sign but it's kind of gone along with Alex Nylander just being uh, mm-hmm. just awful uh he Yes. I, I thought he had some positive signs in the Edmonton series. Um, it was still very inconsistent from him, but uh, you know, it was. There were games where he was okay, but in this Vegas series, he's been. Yeah, it's that it when you're getting, um, you know, like Highmore and guys like that, yes. more noticeable than you. Yeah, that's, that's a, a very bad sign for a guy that uh, you know is supposed to provide a little bit of offense, but. Um, really in this Vegas series, uh, I remember like one good shift that he had on a power play where he, he set up a couple of guys. Um, he set up mm-hmm. Debrinket once on one of the chances where Debrinket had 
you know, a great opportunity for a goal, but it was snake bitten on it. Um, but yeah, 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 other than, you know, like maybe one or two shifts, five on five, and then that one power play, Nylander's just been, he's floating, he's he's not being aggressive, he can't control the puck, and yeah, it's 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 been mm-hmm. the worst of, of what we've come to expect from his ups and downs, and it's it's been mm-hmm. difficult to watch. Um, and really, you know, I, I give the fourth line some credit. Uh, David Camp mm-hmm. is definitely competing, um, but he's really the only guy. You know, uh, uh, Highmore has been definitely Highmore has been somewhat noticeable, but I just I don't know if he was a center, I could kind of live with him. In a lot of ways, he plays mm-hmm. like David Camp does, but yeah, I just don't know how much a wing like like Matthew Highmore contributes, um, you know, on a good team. I, I, I think, no. you know, if you put, if you gave Highmore camp and Carpenter to the, uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they'd be like a six. Yeah. Line. I mean, I think you could probably sneak David camp in on occasion into that lineup, but those other two guys, mm-hmm. I don't think would even, you know, like you said, they, they wouldn't even sniff the lineup. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I, I've definitely felt all year that Ryan Carpenter is, he's just a placeholder. I understand that. Um, yeah. I, I don't expect much from him. And I thought he was actually one of the few guys that was decent in game four. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, he's not any kind of answer. And the Blackhawks really need some, you know, some of their youth to kind of step, step up, up over yeah. the next year or two and fill out the bottom of the lineup because it's just... You can't have three placeholders on the fourth line. You gotta have yeah, maybe a couple you, you, there. You can um, have one guy, you know, <laughs> but you yes. can't have a full line. But a couple of the um, KHL signings or like Barrett or somebody. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've got that uh, uh, Suter guy coming over from Switzerland. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you hope he fits into the middle six, and maybe that pushes a guy down to the fourth line. If Andrew Shaw mm-hmm. comes back, I mean. You know, that would be a big help is, you know, if, if Suter and Shaw can step in and be, you know, even mm-hmm. if they're just third line guys, that pushes some of the third line yeah. talent down to the fourth line. And then that'll get Carpenter yes. and Highmore out of the lineup. Um, and then, you know, like you said, maybe Barrett steps up at some point or uh, Hagel or somebody like that. Just, you know, if they can just find one or mm-hmm. two other guys, it would be it would be huge. But Maybe, uh Dylan Sakura? It's God, possible, yeah. I mean, he's or... definitely running out of time. I mean, you know, he's, yeah. you know, you look at him, and he's like three years older than Alex Nylander at this point. And, yeah, yeah. you know, he's, he's been, been around, around for a, while. a long time, and, you know, how much better is he going to get? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot still rides on Nylander, as much as I hate to admit it, because he's definitely been a disappointment. But yes. he's really the only skill guy that they have coming up in the next year Down there, yeah. that you know could potentially project into a second line guy and then push guys from the second line mm-hmm. down to third, so you can push third line guys down to the fourth and, and et cetera. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely not trending in the right direction at this point. No. All right. Well, I guess trying to. I mean. We're going to put this out before game five, but... So, yeah, I mean, it's possible possible this all could be over uh, tonight, and then, you know, we can do a a wrap-up 
on the season, or you know, hey, maybe the Blackhawks can extend it, but maybe a little bit more. Yeah, either it. way, I guess next week uh, we'll 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 be wrapping up this series for good or ill. Very very likely for ill. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Hey, they made the actual playoffs. So and, you know, and, and you know, uh, in that series against Edmonton, they earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I don't. They did. I don't feel unjustified in the Blackhawks making the the playoffs. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, they they went up against Edmonton, who's, you know, nominally the five seed against you know the twelve seed Blackhawks. But we've talked about it in the past. The the Western Conference, once you got past like probably the top four teams, um, yeah, that, that five through like fourteen is. I just, mean, there's so little difference between all of them. Even Dallas. But, is that nope. that much? Nope. Yeah, so. and I mean, you know, you look at like Nashville; they got just annihilated. They've been mm-hmm. playing poor all year, and yeah, at this point, I'd say they've they looked worse than the Blackhawks. They looked worse. They looked worse oh, than they Edmonton. Did. You know. Yes. So, yeah, uh, you know, they definitely wouldn't have made the playoffs had the season not been halted, but. I don't feel like they're mm-hmm. completely undeserving of, of being in it. But at the same time, we're definitely seeing they're nowhere near uh, nowhere near uh, contender status at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least they sure. made it. And it's, still, it's been fun. And it has been. Extra hockey. So, um, all right, Michael on MJ Twitter. underscore Ernst. I'm SDH85, and... You know, we're on the Apple Podcast app, and yeah, hey, this has mm-hmm. been fun. Even if it ends today, we got some extra hockey, and it's fun to exactly. see. So, uh, go, go Hawks. Hawks.